Are you in a state of recovery? Do you want more clarity and direction? Have you built your foundation and wonder what lies beyond recovery? Do you want to discover what you are truly capable of? And are you ready to discover your purpose, learn to overcome your limiting beliefs, and change your mindset? Are you ready to discover the key to living a purpose-driven life? When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, and strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost, but our journey doesn't have to stop there. This is the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. After overcoming my own 20-year battle of addiction to drugs and alcohol, I have now dedicated my life to empowering those in recovery to rewire their brain so they can change their story and enhance their recovery even further. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. My name's Tamar, your host for this adventure. And, you know, as I've been talking about, the Road Beyond Recovery will be coming to an end soon. And we're on day three of the seven day podcast marathon. And, you know, I just really felt that it would be appropriate to end this podcast off with a bang and also to start the You're Sober Now What podcast at episode 200. And that just, when I say 200 podcast episodes, that blows me away because I remember when I first started this journey is I was freaking out. I was thinking, you know, am I going to get enough people to interview? Am I going to be able to come up with enough topics? And I think that because my journey in recovery has evolved, so has this podcast. You know, it started off the road to health and then it went to the road beyond recovery. And now we're going to you're sober. Now what? Right. And that's a big question because it's not enough to just get sober. You need to do something with that. Right. Because a lot of people fall to that complacency in recovery. And it's it's sad, unfortunately, because we end up losing a lot of people. And this is also part of the reason why I created the Rise Beyond Recovery Virtual Summit is, you know, I, I asked, you know, a, a bunch of people that I knew if they'd be interested in sharing at this summit and helping people, you know, get inspired to create something beyond recovery, right? Because recovery is, to me, uh, building that foundation, making sure that, you know, if presented with an opportunity to have a drink, that you just won't take it, right? Because you've done the work. It just doesn't come to mind anymore. You know, I can go to a pub today. I don't frequent them regularly. But I can go and hang out and not be triggered anymore because I've done that work. I've built that foundation. But I think there also comes a time in everyone's recovery. It's usually around the, in between the five to 10 year mark where people get complacency, right? They, they, um, they hit, I should say, complacency. They get complacent. And, you know, it's, it's sad, but a lot of people will end up relapsing. And so I wanted to inspire people to discover their purpose by hearing the stories of others, you know, just like when you first got sober, listening to somebody share that they could stay sober and they could do this thing one day at a time. You know, I know that gave me hope to 
you know, think, hey, maybe I can do this. Well, I want to do the same thing when it comes to discovering your purpose and, and creating a life that really truly fulfills you. So if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, make sure you head on over to the website at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca and come join us. The event is free to attend or you can get your VIP pass, which is only 25 bucks and $15 of that ticket will go to Touch by Addiction and we're going to help people get the help they need. So people who need to get off the streets and into long-term recovery but maybe can't afford it, we want to donate to that movement. So I hope you'll join us. Again, it's www.risebeyondrecovery.ca. Today's episode is a casual conversation with my friend Lane Kennedy and we chat about finding your home in recovery, right? And kind of what that looked like, you know, not only when we were kids, right? Feeling out of place, like we didn't fit in, but then also, you know, progressing throughout our addiction and then finding recovery and and finally finding people who got us. And, you know, now Lane has created the Connected Calm Life community, which as you know, I'm a part of, we have the new podcast called The Connected Calm Moment. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do so. But this community is meant for women in recovery that want to support each other in their journey. And, you know, we have these monthly meetings. Last month, it was on self-love. And it was as though we were all hanging out on a couch and just chatting and creating safe spaces for each other and talking about what self-love looks like to us. And, you know, I love these conversations. Um, I love just that that feeling of finding your home in recovery, right? And, and, and I have that now with individuals that create safe spaces for me. I have that with my fellowship and so much more. And so, you know, Lane has created this amazing community that I'm a part of and we hope that you'll join us. But enjoy this conversation. We're recording. It's totally cool. <laughs> so I'm hanging out with Lane today. Hi, Lane. Hi, Tamar. And we were talking about finding your home in recovery. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I remember before I took that first sip of liquid gold, as I like to call it, mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt Ugh. like it was just, I was this awkward teenager and mm -hmm. alcohol made me feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh God, yes. And did you feel out of place? Like you didn't have kind of a home when you were younger? Oh, I didn't have a home. Well, my home was very dysfunctional. Let's just right. put it that way. And I couldn't really, like nobody was in charge <laughs> because my parents were never there. And yeah, it was awkward very awkward time growing up. Uh, and so when I took that first drink, I, I felt like an adult, like, Oh, this is, this is why they drink. Oh, this is how you do it. And it changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It changed everything. Well, and it's interesting because I don't know about you, but I could fit in anywhere, right? I became that chameleon almost where any crowd I could fit in with and adjust mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. and sometimes it didn't feel good I mean there was definitely times where I was like what am I doing mm -hmm. who are these people right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. 
I think I was always searching for that home and thought that alcohol might make that feel better. But, you know, when I first got sober, I remember, and it took me, it took me a little bit of time, but mm-hmm. when I really started listening, I, I, for the first time ever, I felt like these are my people. Yeah. So I hung out with like in high school when I was drinking early in my early drinking years, I remember thinking, oh, I'm not like that crew of people. And when I say that they were the ones in the smoking section and they were the ones that, uh, you know, were very goth or, (laughs) or they they were just not the, the cheerleaders and the football players or the swim team people where I aspired to be and hang out with, but the football players, the cheerleaders, they drank and used, they got down and dirty. You know, they were doing damage. And when I realized that they were doing the damage that I liked, <laughs> I, I was like, oh my God, they drink like me. They look like me. This is so normal. I feel like I'm at home. So I hung out in that realm of people. And over the years, I would kind of float in and out of different groups And I would always find the group who drank and used, right? And, and sometimes it was, they were drinking and using more than me. And I thought this, this is like freedom they've gone to the next level of, of this experience. I'm going there. Right. So when I think about like my drug use, like I wasn't, that wasn't on, like, that was a no for me until it became a yes, because they were cool you know, but yeah, drinking always led me to these groups of people where I felt normal. And then, and then I found recovery, mm-hmm. which was a different type of home, a different, different group of people who were speaking from the heart. And the heart was not something that I ever had heard before, but when I felt it, I knew I was home for real. Like it was nothing like the other groups that I had been in. <laughs> no. mm-mm, mm-mm. There was not a cool factor there. <laughs> it was a heart factor. Which are two very different things. And I, like, I think about back to some of the groups, like you said, like I could float from group to group to group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was so, you know, I'm sure some of them are very nice people, but it, it felt so superficial almost like the conversations, you know, you start off with this, like, you know, kind of small chit chat and then it goes deep, right? The more you drink, the more you drink and you're making these lifelong plans together as BFFs. And How old are you when you're making those lifelong pl- plans? Do you remember? Oh, I was like up until 36 when I finally okay. quit drinking, right? Okay. I, I even yeah. booked a trip to Mexico with, you know, the last thousand dollars on my credit card. We no. all thought that'll be a good idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't go on that trip, did you? Or did you? We did go on that trip, actually. That trip. Okay. And the funny thing is the one of the women that I, I booked that trip with, she is also in recovery now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we've reconnected, but in a different way, which is very cool. But 
Yeah, I I remember too. It was like these people actually want to help me. Mm-hmm. Like they're making me call them, or not making me, but they're suggesting that I call them. Mm-hmm. They're suggesting that we get together for coffee, mm-hmm. and that we hang out mm-hmm. and do some work on me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it was all about me, which I was like, wow, I because I was pretty self centered, obviously, in the beginning. And it just, it was, I think the first time, honestly, that I really felt like I fit in. Like Mm -hmm. when I shared what was going on in my head, (laughs) that people didn't look at me, you know, the same way that when you and I have a conversation and I say something to you, you're not shocked at it. You laugh, right? And, And we can relate with that. And I think that's, that is finding your home in early recovery. Yes. I remember one of the uh, rooms that I found myself in, there was this wonderful human and, you know, totally different than me. He looked different than me, different sex, uh, identified as male, uh, different religious background, uh, just just so different than me, Uh, (laughs) completely. And he talked about a situation in his life that was so intimate and so personal. And I had had that same intimate personal moment happen in my life. And I thought, what is going on here where a grown man is talking about this (laughs) and I am able to identify with it, but there was such, again, people talked from the heart and they listened from the heart and it was okay and safe. I felt safe. Like I had never felt safe before. And I grew up in a house where it was unsafe. It was unsafe to talk about my feelings. It was unsafe to show up late. It was unsafe to divulge secrets. It was unsafe. So when he exposed the truth, I, it was like magic. It touched me in a way that I will, I will never forget that moment and I will never forget him. And from that moment, I mean, he has opened his house to me. He has opened his house to others. And it's again, another home, right? Because one person leads to one home and then you go to another home and you're, you're, it's just, you're floating around feeling safe. Did you guys, did you have that? Oh, completely. I mean, I mm-hmm. remember, you know, I was from my first marriage, I'm, you know, going to make it round two in the next couple of years. But <laughs> <laughs> after that first marriage dissolved, I ended up moving in with a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, this person's actually offering me a place to stay because I, I literally had nothing when I left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a friend in recovery. And I just thought, you know, this person is opening up her home to me with her family. Mm-hmm. And that was something I really never experienced before, right? Because every everything was always at kind of an arm's length. And like, yeah. oh, you probably shouldn't have tomorrow over. She's going to end up getting sick on your floor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? And just to have that kind of kindness, like, hey, you're going through something. You can come stay mm-hmm. with us as long as you need to. Mm-hmm felt really good and just the people that I continued to meet and I'm really grateful that I had somebody that told me to be mindful of who I spent my time with because in the beginning 
I was on that pink cloud, right? I mean, I was newly single. So I was mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to, you know, yeah. do as much as I could and experience life. And none of the, uh, not, hardly any of those people are around anymore today. Oh, it's right? heartbreaking. Yeah. And there's only a few of us. There's there's one that she got sober two, two weeks before I did, and we're still going strong, right? Together. Mm-hmm. But that's a rarity. And that's something else that I wanted to talk about is that I've noticed, and I heard this in early recovery, right? Is if you look to your left, you look to your right, chances are that person, one of those people are not going to be here anymore. And, you know, your circle gets smaller and smaller. The people you know get smaller. And it's actually shocking sometimes when you run into them after the fact and you're like, oh, you're still alive. And that's a sad reality that your circle, your home almost gets a little bit smaller. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there are a lot of, it's so interesting. I found recovery in, in, in Los Angeles and there was a crew of us and we would hang out and, you know, land at somebody's pool and be there all day. And then, you know, we would go to the movies together. It's like, we, we kind of migrated, like we would get in the car and we just all go to places. And it made me, again, I just keep going back to this idea of feeling safe and feeling loved and supported uh, and that I was never alone. You know, when I grew up, I was left alone all the time. You know, I didn't really have parental care around. So in sobriety, I found people who cared for me. I found people who made me feel safe. Not that they made me feel safe. They created an environment that felt like home, right? Like this idea of what a home should feel like. And learning how to have relationships, you know, oh, freaking brilliant. So brilliant. The first five years of my recovery, just getting really messy and having my feelings hurt and just, oh God. Right. Did you, you you practice a lot, right? Yeah. Relationships. Learning how, learning how to ask for stuff, learning how to say no, thank you. It was such a big deal, such a big deal. And not having everybody like scold, like scold me if I did something not right. That like, where do you find that in today's society? I, I don't, where else can you find it? I don't know. I do Nowhere. Nowhere. I, you know, I, I, I talk often about how, what a gift it is to be a sober woman, because at any time of the day, I can reach out to someone that I know if Mm -hmm. I'm struggling or going through something will be there for me. Mm -hmm. And because we get so busy in life, but the, the thing that we all have and the thing that I think we've all been given this gift, right? It's, it's been reciprocal is that that's the way we come in. It's like you help somebody else, you're of service. And it's just so ingrained in you that you almost don't even think twice about it. Like sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't a convenient time, but you know, you're going to feel better. So this, this brings up a really interesting point because now that we're in this COVID world and people are getting sober online and they don't have the, the blueprint on how to be of service. They don't have the tools or that group showing them how to 
serve. And I find for long-term recovery, that has been the thread that has allowed me to stay sober. Mm-hmm. It's not the one, th- it's not one, it's not the thing. It's a thread of the tapestry that I wrap around myself in order to stay sober long-term. So I get a little, like, I don't know what's going to happen as we continue to find recovery or, or reevaluate recovery. You know, COVID happened and everything's changed now, how people are getting and staying sober. Mm-hmm. And is that home that you and I both know, how is that going to change and evolve, right? Like where are people gonna, where are people gonna go and land so they can understand and know that it's nice to have a home. It's nice to be, feel a part of. It's nice to uh, do secret service. You know, I talk about secret service all the time. I, I, it's, it's there, I'm interested, so fascinated by this right now, Tamar. <laughs> I can tell. No, I'm sorry. It's a tangent. No, it's okay. Tangent away. And it make it, it makes me think of, yeah, like you say, like the fact that we used to go for coffee. We used to go to the movies. We used to go to the beach. Like there was a lot of that fellowship, which felt really good. And I think that because you and I both have that. And that's a part of being a part of a, a, a group, a community, a family, a unit. Yes. Which is so important when we find recovery because the disease of alcoholism alcohol use disorder is about isolation, mm-hmm. right? Okay, go. That's okay. Um, and, and we're used to that, right? That's yeah, the yeah. way that we've come in. That's the way we've been raised, right? Yeah, as, right. As, as sober women. And now, and I even noticed it at the start of COVID when everything went online, it was, you know, you didn't have to get dressed to show up. <laughs> Right. You know, now you can throw on a hoodie. You don't even have to worry about a bra if you don't want to. Yep. And you can just sit. And as soon as it's over, you click off, you know. <laughs> right. You're done. And, and I think it's different, though, for those of us who have had that experience. Because, you know, mm-hmm. even you and I, when we met, that's there's that fellowship outside of that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we can have those discussions. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. that, you know, that conversation Pop. after Mm-hmm. which people don't get. I mean, if you're sitting on the computer for an hour and that's it, you log off, where is that communication? Where is that home being built and that foundation? It's not. That That's that's why I question this new direction of recovery because we as humans are communal driven, right? Mm-hmm. We're gathers. We like to be together. And so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We we need our homes. We need to be in community with others to feel safe. I mean, it all goes back to feeling safe, safe, mm-hmm. right? That's the human needs to feel safe, to thrive. I think it's really important to have that and to, mm-hmm. and to land in that environment. Have you found that now yes. that we're in this like, new hybrid kind of place in recovery. Yeah. And I think I'm very fortunate because I still have both. Mm -hmm. Um, I have the in-person aspect of it. You know, I have people over to my home regularly. You know, we get together with a bunch of sober women and we do a games night once a month. And so we, that's really important to the group of women that I surround myself with. They're big into that, right? We go Mm -hmm. hiking together. Mm -hmm. So we still do a lot of that stuff, but yeah. A lot of people do both. 
and I almost feel feel for people who have like I I I people who have been able to stay so or get sober and stay sober during this time. Wow. Because I don't know if I would have had to just be accountable to logging on to a computer every night. I don't know if I would have made it. Like I had people come and pick me up at my home. I was called if I didn't answer the phone, they would come check on me. Like there was that real interaction there. Well, there's that real interaction and there's a, a, an accountability, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's almost like, Hey sis, are you coming? Like, you know, even though you're not my sister, it's like, Hey sis, you come in the meeting. Like, like, are, are we going? It's like going to the grocery store. Like yeah. you coming along? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad that you have that. I think it's really important to have that. I don't have that here in San Francisco. It's been hard for me. Uh, and I've found that in an online meeting and, uh, I was very purposeful in how that was created and in creating that kind of fellowship before and after, but it's still, it's, it's not really enough. In my opinion, there is really great. Um, I like having conversations. I guess what I want to say is like, I like having conversations offline, mm-hmm. you know, like let's bring the relationship to the next level. Let's, because if we were in person, you know, we would go to the cafe, we would go to a movie, we would go and have dinner, you know, like you would come over to my house and we'd be hanging out and watching football together. Mm -hmm. Right. Like safe together, like building that relationship. Like, I don't know if that's happening now. Is it? I'll have to do a survey. Yeah. Do a sur. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Whoever's listening. Yeah. We want to know (laughs) the Mm -hmm. answer to that question. And I think it's important too, though, that you need to evolve. And we've talked about this on um, previous episodes that we've done together, but having that community, like I, I, I love, you know, you created the connected calm life and that's women in recovery, but there's practices in there. There's tools, there is fellowship, you know, get togethers. We had an amazing chat about self-love a, a, a couple of weeks ago and you could just feel everybody opening up. Like it's, it's a safe space that people can use to evolve in their sobriety. And I think that's important too, because I think that it goes above and beyond always sharing your experience, right? Because I find that I, I try to focus a lot on the solution and things that I'm going through today that I'm actually using what I've learned to continue to solidify my foundation. I always talk about like, it's like a house, right? If you build a new house, you build the foundation, you build the home. Well, if you don't maintain it or care for it or upgrade, eventually that's going to start to fall apart. And I think as humans, that's what we do. We almost start to kind of disintegrate. That might sound icky, but you know, we do, if we don't take care of ourselves and improve ourselves, we start to fall apart mentally and physically and having that community or home outside of recovery, but with those in recovery, I think is important too. I think it's a cool, it's a concept, right? It's an experience. You know, if we were practicing 
Buddhism or mindfulness, we would go somewhere and we would practice together. We would sit and sang and sangha and somebody would talk and we would sit and meditate together. And when COVID hit, we couldn't do that anymore. So having this online space, it's another, it's another type of home, right? It's another safe place where we can explore our own thinking, relationships, uh, ideas. It's again, I, I just, I always have to, I just keep going back to safe and there's an opportunity to meet other people, right? So that the monthly gathering that we have, uh, around a topic where people don't want to talk about honesty. They don't want to talk about self-care who like, no, but we've created a place where you can have an experience and open up about it and say, this is not something I even look at every day in my life. Okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I think it is really important to have places that are judgment free where we can explore, where we can disrobe, so to speak, and say, here I am. Like, I'm just trying to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of that when we find the rooms in the very beginning, like I did with that man, and he was opening his heart and he spoke from the heart, mm-hmm. right? I have found that in only a few places. And that is my like my goal for the connected calm life is to have that community, that home base for women to explore. Oh, it's a work in progress tomorrow. <laughs> it's a work in progress. And that's why I wanted to have that conversation, right? Because yeah. I think that I think the the online space is cool only yeah. because it's allowed me to meet more people. Yes. And build my circle with you know women like yourself mm-hmm. where we do create that safe space for each other and it's it's really cool considering we've never yet met in person you know soon um but that's a really cool like just to be able to have those kind of conversations right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know you creating this space inviting me into this space and now mm-hmm. i'm pumped about this space and that's why i wanted to talk about it because i think mm-hmm. that people try to do this journey alone oh no <laughs> I mean, just like the conversation we were having before this conversation about body image and about uh, weight or weight gain or being comfortable in our skin, right? That's a hard conversation to have. And not a lot of people are willing to have it or be open and available to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And when you find people that you can have those conversations with, you want to be like, you want to it's almost like collecting them. You're like, okay, come, come be in my secret, secret community, secret cave, secret. Right? Like it's like, oh, right. We're, we're self-identifying and raising our hands and saying, you know, I, I can do that with you. I can travel the road of self-discovery mm-hmm. and I'm going to be here to support you to do that. That's, it's an act of courage mm-hmm. to come into a community and explore it and say, I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I want to be a part of it because I want to discover more of my own life, my own being. We're in a very interesting time in our lives right now where this online world is opening up for people to explore their lives 
like this with other people who have not met. Right. I was thinking about like Karen and Pam and like all the people in the community. I've never met them in person, <laughs> but we are coming together and we're exploring life. Like how cool is that? Yeah. It freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, the difference between, you know, the different types of get togethers that we mm -hmm. go to mm -hmm. is that one of them, it's, you know, kind of one person at a time and there's yeah. not the reciprocated energy, right? Whereas right. the connected calm life, the discussions that we have, it's very interactive. It's yeah. like we're all sitting around a table together or, well, not a table because that's not as comfortable, but we're on some nice comfy couches. Couches. And, right? We're yeah. sitting there just chatting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's open. It's an open space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next, what, what's next month? Uh, I don't even know. I don't know where my calendar is. Let me, <laughs> my, my paper calendar. Let me get, grab it. Like, we got right. honesty next month, don't we? Uh, honesty, integrity. Ooh, that's Courage. a good one. Courage. Courage. So find the courage <laughs> to come and join us. Yeah. I mean, having a home, right? I, again, I just go back to my, my experience. My home was not the safest place for me to discover where I wanted to go. And then I found recovery and I was able to uncover my life. And I keep uncovering it. And the longer I'm sober, the longer between cocktails, and I hope to die clean and sober, that I need to keep evolving. So where do I do that? Right? Who who are the people that I get to play with? Who are the people that you're going to get to play with tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Where Those are people they? that want to keep evolving? Right. And that's why, you know, the podcast is transitioning in mm -hmm. only a few short days. Yes. I'm excited for you. I'm excited too. And that's why, you know, when we were coming up with a name for the Academy, mm -hmm. when I was like, you're sober now, what? Like, so good. it's that now what piece? Because it's yeah. not just enough to get sober. It's like, it's now not. what? It's not. And this is really, you know, it took me a long time to understand that. And I, I like, if you're new in recovery, then just keep staying on the path, right? Just keep going. But there's something about even when you're new in recovery, it's like, oh, well, now what do I get to do? Right? What do I get to search out? What do I get to discover? Right? I was one of those people who, like, I had to travel to the other side of the world to figure things out. <laughs> Did you do any of that kind of stuff when you were early, early in your recovery? <gasps> No, because I was financially bankrupt. So okay. it took me a little bit before I could afford to leave the country again. But I did a lot. I was excited, right? Yeah. Always mm -hmm. a dream of mine. And I actually picked up um, I, in my career, I switched over to offering to travel, mm -hmm. which was something that scared me. But again, because we're in this online world, I was able yeah. to connect with people who gave me that safe space. Yeah. And so I, I felt like I was at home no matter where I was. Mm. So good. So you're sober. Now what is really about discovering perhaps a part of your purpose, mm -hmm. 
Is that fair to say? You know, that's one of my favorite topics is I believe that my recovery changed. It, mm-hmm. it changed it a couple ways. It changed when I finally realized that when I actually help people, that yeah. helped me more. That was, I think, that first real pivot um, when I found a higher power as well. But then realizing that my past was a gift that I could use to actually be of service to others mm-hmm. and it could help my life improve. Mm-hmm. Like, I love to wake up early. As you know, I wake up this morning, I woke up at 3.30. Crazy, but crazy good. Right? Because I love what I'm doing. And had Mm -hmm. I not discovered my purpose and had I just thought, okay, well, I'm sober and that's it. That's all Mm -hmm. I need to do is not pick up a drink today. For me, that wasn't enough. Like I felt like I was capable of more. I just had no idea what that more was. And I never believed that I could achieve it. Yeah. There's something that you're talking about that's making me think about Retta and how she, very similar, sober long time, sober now what? And she dropped her career, like corporate career, and then became the astrologer, right? And she's our in-house astrologer in the Connected Calm Life, helping others find their purpose, but using astrology. But this is where it gets, she found her purpose later in her recovery. It took her a long time, but so there's that sober now what, right? She was sober and she was like, just going through the motions yeah, and feeling again, safe enough and comfortable enough in her own skin to discover like now what, what's next? Mm-hmm. Like what's next? And that's where your brilliance is, is helping people like get in there to the now what? Yes. I love it. I love those conversations too, right? When people sit there and they're like, I have no idea Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. I meant to do. And Mm -hmm. we can sit down in a half an hour and they've got ideas of things that would actually light them up. And there's always like, well, I can't do that because I have to do this and that and take care of Mm -hmm. so-and-so. And And it's like, but what if for a second you did some of that and you just got a little bit, a little bit and a little bit. And then eventually you're actually showing up better for those around you. Sweet. <laughs> you know, I get all fired up about this stuff. But I yeah, know. I just I really wanted to talk about, you know, building a home in recovery. And I mm-hmm. believe that that starts in early recovery. Yeah. And then it evolves to people, right? You meet yep. people that make yep. you feel at home. Yep. Uh, um, and then you need something that helps you evolve. And I think that's what I love most about this community is I focus more on kind of that, you know, I, I'm the cheerleader, I would say of the group. You know, I like to to cheer people on, get them going, help them discover their purpose. And, you know, Retta with the astrology, I think that's such a cool combination. And of course, you with the mindfulness and meditation, like that's so cool. I think that's such a, like, that's the perfect combo. It's the perfect trifecta. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's again, going back to that now what concept, like, so you're sober now, what? So now go to the next level in your yeah. life, you know, and whatever that may be. I mean, maybe you just pack it up and go live in Colorado on a, on a back road. Like, great. That's your now what? Yeah. Maybe it's now what you're going to write a book. Maybe you're like me and you just meditate all day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's your thing, you know, maybe like that and DNA, but it, it's really 
so lovely to have a space that we can, I don't know, just uncover ourselves in. Yeah, I agree 100%. Well, I'm so grateful you joined me today. So much fun. We're going to have yes. to do these a little more regularly. Now, yeah. for people who are listening that mm -hmm. want a shortened down version, we've also created oh, yeah. a new podcast. Mm -hmm. The Connected Calm Moment. The Connected Calm Moment. Yeah, and that's uh, over on any you know podcast player. You can grab that. And it's five days a week, Monday through Friday. Yep. Five days, three minutes. So it's a very short moment. But they're really good, Lane. I mean, I have to say, <laughs> they're pretty good. Of course they're good. You're doing them. <laughs> We're doing them. Oh, my God. Yeah, so funny. Thanks, Lane, for being here. Uh, Tamar, it's all about, you know, community. You're That's a part right. of it. That's right. So good. Thanks for having me. You know, I got to say, I love having those casual conversations on the podcast. They are just a lot of fun. We will probably do, be doing more of them moving forward. And, you know, if you haven't already, make sure you come and join us in the community. It is, there's such, there's just amazing women there. And we would love to have you be a part of it. Now, remember, if you haven't joined us already, come check out the Rise Beyond Recovery Virtual Summit happening April 4th through the 8th. You can visit the website at www.risebeyondrecovery.ca for more info. I will see you tomorrow. I have had the privilege to walk alongside of many people who have built their foundation and further enhanced their recovery. But unfortunately, there are still so many people who are still suffering that need our help. The Road Beyond Recovery podcast is a proud sponsor of Touched by Addiction. Addiction thrives in isolation and darkness. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. So if you or someone you know has been affected by addiction, there is help. At Touched by Addiction, we are dedicated to exposing addiction and ending the plague. Be that beacon of hope and light that so many desperately need. Each t-shirt or sweater you buy helps to get a struggling addict off the streets and into a year-long addiction treatment program. If you want to support the movement, go to www.touchedbyaddiction.com.